Here we are, New Year, first step, first question that I'm asking you all year, um, and, and here it is. You ready for it? Where are you going? Where are you going? Now, the reason that I ask you that question is because I would love for us all to also consider this thought, and here is the thought. Where we are going determines the turns that we take. Where we are going determines the turns that we take as we navigate our way around. Here in just a few short minutes, we'll be wrapping up this service. We'll sing a song. We'll head out. My family and I are going to pack up and we're headed to North Georgia. We're going to bypass Athens. I may stop and say a prayer there. Um, Not the one you're thinking, but you know, we're going to take a trip. And when we get in the vehicle, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do what I typically do when I don't know where I'm going uh, exactly or how to get there. What I'm going to do is I'm going to punch in, I'm going to pull up Apple Maps in my car and I'm going to punch in the destination that we're going. And as soon as I do, what does Apple Maps do when you do that? It begins to carve out a little trail for you and then you get determined which path you're going to take. And then once you hit go, it begins to tell you which way to turn. Your destination determines the turns that you and I make in our life. And it's not just true when we're trying to navigate to destinations for vacation. It really has a lot to do with how we make decisions in our life. I mean, you, you make a decision, that's a turn. You are changing a direction. You're changing the path that you're on. And so, uh, again, I want us to just entertain the question, where are you going? And here's another reason that this is so important. There is no direction without destination. Now, many of you uh, may have already come up with your New Year's resolution for the year. You may have already thought about some things that you want to accomplish or some things that you want to do. And I'm going to ask you to join me and us in one for uh, the first little bit of this year. And hopefully it will help us guide us to a ultimate destination. But on December 31st of 2023, where do you want to be? And, And more specifically, where do you want your relationship with God to be? See, all of us want to end the year at a place where we go, man, 2023 was the best year ever. But how are you going to get there? Where are you going? Where are you going in your life? Where are you going in your your relationship with God is kind of what I want us to lean into. So where are you going? And I have a question that I've been praying about. Um, It is a question. Where are we going as a church that I've been praying about uh, these last 30 days or so, as we begin to approach the end of the year, I began to pray and ask God, God, where where do we need to go as a church? We've accomplished so much in the last several years. I mean, we have renovated, fully renovated our spaces. We have uh, renovated the children's building over there. We have put air conditioner in the gym so that we can gather together and pray. Just a few days ago, um, the, the Miller family helped us obtain a stage. So now when we have events out there, we can stand on a stage so everybody can see. And so we're, we're, we've made all these strides and, we, we've strides and we've made all of these decisions in the past that have led us to a, a really good place. We've seen people's lives change. We've seen, um, I don't know how many dozens of people baptized in the last few years. We've seen so many new people joining the church. And I mean, God's been just so good to us. But I don't want to live on last year's momentum. I don't want to live on last year's victories. I want to know, God, what do you have for us next? Because we want to continue to make strides in the right direction. God, we want to see you continue to work. I don't just want to go, man, the, the, the old days, they were so good. But I, I believe that God has more for us. 
And I believe God has more for you specifically. And the reason I believe God, that God has more for you is you're, you're breathing. You're here. You're alive. And so God evidently has something for you. Last night, we may have changed our calendars at midnight. The ball dropped in New York. The little thing started flashing in 2023. And we may have changed our calendars, but just because we change our calendars does not mean that we automatically change our direction. You can change a calendar and still continue in the same path that you've been on for years. I want to just share with you a, a few things that you already know. The definition of insanity is doing what you've always done and expecting what? Different results. Here's another one. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Let me give you one more. If there is no change in input, there will be no change in output. Now, these are all cliche, but that doesn't make them any less true. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. If nothing changes in your life, if nothing changes in your approach, if nothing changes, then nothing changes. So where are you going? Because if you're going to get somewhere on purpose, then you're going to have to figure out what it, where it is you're going so that you can map your turns. I mean, if nothing changes, nothing changes. See, right now, you, you even, like I said, even though the calendar changed to 23 last night at midnight, you were... I mean, we're all on a path. And those paths always lead to somewhere. There's no such thing in neutral in life. We're always progressing. And as we are progressing, we are progressing towards something, whether you're doing it on purpose or whether you're doing it by accident. And I would rather, I would rather sit down and go, this is my plan, God, that I feel like you've given me, and then make my way pressing towards that. And that's what I'm going to ask us to do this year as a church. And I want you to join in with me and our staff and, and the rest of our church. I want you to join in. And I'm going to talk to you in just a second about what that is. But I just need you to know that if nothing changes, nothing changes. If you're not satisfied with where your relationship with God is, if you don't change how you're approaching God, then nothing changes. And by the way, I, I don't think we should ever be satisfied with where our relationship with God is. I think it should always be a pursuit. Am I satisfied with who God is? Yes. But am I satisfied consistently with where my relationship with God is? And the answer is usually no. Because I want more of God. I want more of Jesus. And I want to know more about what he has for my life because I want to see God work in and through me and in and through you more than ever. So I want to ask you to consider a small change this year in 2023. In the Bible, uh, we're, we're taught about this thing called a tithe. And before you start getting antsy because you think I'm going to talk about money, that's not what I'm talking about. Hey, I didn't just hit clear all. There you go. All right. All right. We could have had a really dramatic video right there about giving your money, like, you know, everybody run forward and give all your money. All right. In the, but in the Bible, we are. We're taught about this thing called a tithe. And, and the way we understand it, right, is that we give a tenth of our earnings to God in order to support the mission of the church, the building of the kingdom of the God, of God, to make disciples. And that's what we know as a tithe. But I'm not going to, I'm going to ask you to continue tithing. Yes. 
but I'm going to ask you to think about a tithe in the sense of a tenth of the year. Now, in the Bible, God would always say, bring your first tenth. And I, I know today is January 1st, but we also knew that because it's January 1st, there were going to be a lot of people out of town. And uh, we didn't want to kick this thing off, or I didn't want to kick this thing off on January 1st. I wanted to wait until everybody's back in town, which we hope and assume is going to be next Sunday, January 8th. And so on January 8th, we're going to kick off this kind of initiative for the first part of the year. And I want you to consider tithing the first tenth of your year, the 36 days on your calendar, the 36 days of your life. We want you to consider tithing that to God in the pursuit of something. Here's what I feel and where I feel as I have prayed in, in the month of December. God, where do you want us to go as a church? What's next? What's on the horizon? What do you have for us to chase after? What's the destination that you have for us? And while I don't know what the end of 2023 looks like, I do know what God is laying on my heart and leading me to lead us in for the first part of 2023. This week, I would like for you to join me in prayer about our involvement in this. Um, next week, we're going to kick off our first message series of the year. It's called Remember. And we're actually going to take a journey through the book of Romans, verse by verse. It's probably going to take quite a while, probably at least, I would think, till May. I haven't charted it out completely. But Romans is a very difficult book if you've ever read it. It's going to be very challenging. And I'm going to need you to give the Holy Spirit permission to challenge you in some areas that you would be willing to come in and go, okay, I need you to tell God, I need you to tell me the hard things about where I am so that I can determine how I'm going to get where you need me to be. And that's what Romans is going to do for us. But what I'm going to ask us to do, and as we, go, as we journey through the book of Romans, I would also like for us to consider fasting and praying. Okay? Fasting and praying. And so here's, here's some details about that. For 36 days, beginning next Sunday, I'm going to ask us to pray and fast. Now the reasons are many. First of all, because we... I want us all to individually seek a closer relationship with God. By doing so, what it does is it allows us as a church to also corporately have a closer relationship with God. Um, and here's why. Let me give you some reasons why I feel like God has placed this in my heart and then what I hope it will accomplish for us. The first tenet of the Westminster Shorter Catechism says this, Man's chief end is to glorify God and what? And enjoy Him forever. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you would say that you're enjoying God right now? Don't raise your hand, but how many of you would say you're enjoying God right now? And how many of you would say that your joy in who God is and what He's doing in your life is the fullest it has ever been? Man's chief end, according to the Westminster Catechism, and the Westminster Catechism was simply this, a bunch of, peop bunch of people got together and said, hey, what is kind of the summary of the Bible? And let's break it down into some very important details. And at the very end, one of the things that they say, or at the very beginning, one of the things that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And we fully subscribe to the first half of that, right? We, we fully subscribe to the whole idea, yes, I want to glorify God. But how do we glorify God? 
I love what John Piper says. John Piper says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Where is your joy level at right now? If you had to put a number of zero to 100% on your joy level of who God is, not your joy level that, ooh, the Bulldogs won last night, but your joy level of who God is to you in your life. Where, where would you be? Would you... Would you be in the middle of that? Would you be at like 50%? Or would you say, man, my joy is full. It's 100%. And if you're like me, you're probably not at 100%. That's where I want to be. So how do we get there? Because again, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. How much do you enjoy God? How much do you enjoy His Word, enjoy His presence? How much do you enjoy worship? Do, do you wake up on Sunday morning, like excited. I can't wait to get to the church because I can't wait to worship with my church family. Do you worship throughout the week? Do you crank the radio up? Do you turn the, the speaker on at the house with your worship music, whatever that your favorite is, and, and just sing and worship the Lord? Do you enjoy that? I mean, I know spiritual disciplines usually start out as disciplines. But sooner or later, those disciplines turn into desires if you delight yourself in Him. Secondly, the, so the first thing it does is it, it helps us to seek a closer relationship with God. The second thing that praying and fasting is going to do for us is it allows our Heavenly Father to punch in the destination in the GPS of our soul. We're saying, God, I'm not in control. I don't want to be in control. I'm not trying to determine where I'm going. God, I need you to show me where you want me to be. So God, I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you the screen of my life. I'm giving, you the I'm giving you the freedom to punch in the coordinates of where you want me to be in 2023. When I hit December 31st, that's it. And so we're giving God free reign over our life. Thirdly, thirdly, when it comes to fasting and praying, and the reasons that we need to do this is um, there, there are numerous, numerous examples in Scripture of fasting and praying. In, in Mark 9, 28 and 29, the, the disciples have been out kind of doing ministry and they've, they've been trying to cast out demons and they've been trying to heal people and perform miracles and they show up and there's this one boy that, that, that he's got this, they couldn't cast the demons out, they couldn't do this miracle and, and Jesus does it, he, he casts the demon out and then afterwards they kind of get to the side with Jesus and they go, Jesus, why couldn't we do that? And here's what Jesus says to him and Read this with me in Mark 9, 28, 29. It says, And when he had entered the house, the disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but what? Okay, so he's saying that there, there are spiritual battles and there are spiritual issues that can only be accomplished through prayer. So question again, how much time do we spend in prayer and how much time do you spend in prayer? And specifically, do you pray like the miracle or the thing that God wants to do in your life depends on it? Or are we just kind of like the casual Christian in America who we pray at meals and it's, eh, you know, whether or not there's much depth to it. And then we pray occasionally, maybe when we go to bed at night or we pray with our kids or whatever. Do you have a depth to your prayer life? And if you're like most Christians, according to surveys, our prayer life is not sufficient enough. It's not where it needs to be. So the, this is the reason that I'm asking us as a church to enter into a season for 36 days of fasting and praying. 
If you need examples, Jesus fasted and prayed before he started his ministry. If, you, if you're from a Bible background, you know that he went for 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted before he ever started his ministry. Nehemiah fasted to help him confess his sins to God and turn away from them and ask God for favor in the sight of the king of Persia that he might go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. David fasted to ask God to intervene because of injustice in Psalm 35, 13. Um, Mordecai and the Jews fasted upon hearing the news of Haman's wicked plan for their extermination in Esther 4.3. And the early church fasted while worshiping and committing their ministry to the Lord. So they also sought the Lord through fasting for guidance when they appointed elders. And that's found in the book of Acts. And then there are, there are really clear spiritual benefits to fasting and praying. Uh, fasting is a biblical way to humble ourselves before God. Uh, King David said, I humbled myself with fasting. That's Psalm 50 or 35, 13. Um, and you can also see that again in Ezra 8, 21. Fasting enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your true spiritual condition before God resulting in brokenness, repentance, and trans a transformed life. Your confidence and faith in God will be strengthened as you fast. You will feel mentally, spiritually, and physically refreshed. And when we do that, if, if these things happen, if, we, if you will engage in this with us, if you will join that 10 days or the, the first 10% of the year, the 36 days of fasting, these will be the results that according to Scripture, and I'm just leaning on the promises of Scripture, if we do this, then these are the results that we reap. And I don't know about you, but man, I just want 2023 to be different than 2022. And it's not because 2022 was bad, but it's because I just want to see God do something. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing? Like I've always thought of Moses when, when he says, God, I just want to see your glory. And he's like, oh, you can't, you can't handle that. So he hides Moses in the cleft of the rock and he passes by so Moses could only see his backside. And that was the, the, the desire of his heart was to see the glory of God. And what would it look like, Osceola Baptist Church, if we saw the glory of God in 2023 in our community as a result of fasting? Have you ever had those moments in life where you go, oh man, like just things go horribly wrong? It could, it could go horribly wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was horribly wrong on a test that you took when you were in school. Or maybe it was something even more serious, like something went horribly wrong. Um, a, a loved one made a decision and it, it just, it really wreaked havoc on the family. Or you made a decision and it wreaked havoc on the family. Have you, ever, have you ever had that feeling like, man, I just wish I could go back and change that? Well, what if God is awakening, awakening us on January 1st of 2023 so that we could make the changes and make the turns necessary to not end up in the bad places by the end of the year? What if that's what God wants to do? And maybe that's why God has been stirring in my heart to communicate a message to us all about praying and fasting. Now, here's the ask for this week, and I'm going to close. Number one, pray about your involvement. 
Just get on your face before God every day this week and say, God, is this something you're calling me to do? And if it is, then there's a second step I would like for you to take. I would like you to consider what is it or determine what will your fast be? Now, in the Bible, there are a couple of different fasts. There are complete fasts, and a complete fast would be, I'm going to fast from food and beverage, or not food and beverage. You can do food and beverage. Some did it in the Bible as many as three days, but you may just say, hey, I'm going to fast food for a 24-hour period or a 30-hour period, a 36-hour period, or 48-hour period, whatever you want to do. Determine what your fast will be. And so a full fast might be just going, hey, I'm only going to drink water for a period of, and I'm going to do this once a week or however, you determine the frequency, okay? But remember, don't be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to fast food and I'm going to do it from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. Don't do that. Like that doesn't help you. Like do a fast that's going to cause you like the purpose of it is so that when you get to this place where you're like, man, I'm hungry. I really want something to eat for you to go. Nope, my dependency is upon the Lord. I'm going to go to him in this moment that I have this feeling of need and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek him and I'm going to ask him to reveal to me what his plan for me is and what the plan for our church is. And again, when you're praying, I'm asking you, you pray for yourself, but also pray for our church. Another type of fast that you can do is what's called a partial fast. You may, do, uh, you may say, hey, look, I'm going to fast um, from sunup to sundown. You may decide that uh, yours may not even be food. You may, a partial fast could include an activity that is, is, it's an activity that maybe you just have to have or have to do, or it's something that's a regular part of your life. By breaking that normal activity and that normal cycle of your life, it gives us the opportunity to go, hey, God, I need you. I mean, we just sang that a while ago. God, I need you. And God, I'm asking you to reveal. And God, I'm asking you to help me. And God, I'm asking you to show me. I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the GPS to my soul and letting you type in the coordinates. A partial fast might be something like social media. You might be like, hey, you know what? Social media just dominates my life. I can't seem to pick my phone up without getting on it. I mean, you guys have been there, right? You, you go, I need to text my wife. So you pick your phone up and without even thinking about it, you turn, once your phone comes up, you go straight to Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or Twitter or whatever your social media thing is. And then you spend 10 minutes on that. And then you think to yourself, like, as you close it out, you're like, why did I pick my phone up? We do that. And so maybe what you need to do is you need to delete those off of your phone for 10% of the days of the year so that you can fast, so that every time you have that desire to jump on social media, it reminds you instead of jumping on social media and wasting your time, like looking at what's going on in other people's lives, maybe what you should do is jump into the word of God or jump into prayer that God may reveal to you what he has for you. So you determine, so I'm asking you to pray about your involvement in this. Number two, if, you, if the answer is yes, like it's a green light, I'm in. I want to be a part of praying and fasting with our church so that we can see God do incredible things in 23. Then now you determine what you're going to fast. And it's totally up to you and it's your decision as to what you fast. But just make it so that it reminds you to pursue God and it's something that you will notice in your life. Okay? 
Like it's something that you need or it's something that you habitually do that you're going to say, hey, I'm going to fast from this so that I can focus. It'll remind me to focus on God. And then number three, be here next week as we kick off our journey together because next week, um, and we'll make it available on the app, on uh, the, the church app. We'll also make some hard copies available to you. We'll put it on our website so that you can download a PDF. But we have, um, I've asked several in the church uh, to consider writing some devotions and uh, several people have jumped at the opportunity. And we're, we're putting together a 36-day devotional written by people in this church that would be a tool for us to use that as we pursue God, we can open it up and we can read and we can be challenged in our faith. Because the reality is this, if we're only focusing on this fasting and praying thing on Sundays and we're only talking about it on Sundays, then the problem is, is that we get to the end of the week and we go, oh my goodness, I forgot to fast and pray every day this week. So that's why we put together this devotional so that you would have something physical in your hand that you might be able to focus on what God wants to do and to be reminded of what God wants to do in your life. Remember, if nothing changes, Nothing changes. And so I would like for you to engage in prayer this week. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and we're going to close and we're going to get out of here. But there's spiritual, listen, there are spiritual battles to fight. And we don't fight spiritual battles with physical weapons. We fight them with spiritual weapons. And so I'm asking us, church, let's pray like we've never prayed before. Let's pray this week about our involvement, whether or not this is something that we're going to do. And then let's determine what we are going to fast, what that fast is going to be. And then let's pray and fast and seek God. And let's see what God does in the first 36 days of the year, if you will. Okay. And I'm just believing that what we see in scripture, I'm believing that if we fast and pray and we seek God, what does the word say? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, he says, I will heal their land. That's a, that's a direction. That's a direction. And I'm asking us to engage in the spiritual direction and chasing after God.